Thank you all for being flexible tonight. We normally have three different classes going on, a finance class, a freedom class, and here we're talking about, you know, fighting the good fight of faith. And it's had in my heart just uh, on Sunday just to bring us all together because I believe whether you're going through the finance class or the freedom class, you're in here, I believe uh, it, it, it will be something that's going to strengthen all of us. It's going to be something that builds a, a deeper foundation within our hearts as it pertains to a life of faith. Because after all, we are heritage of faith. <laughs> so we, we, we believe that, that faith pleases God. Amen. And we believe, according to Romans chapter 12, that we've been given the measure of faith. And we believe that, that faith is not a movement, it's not a fad, it's not a denomination, it's not a, it, it's not a, 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 a specific, like I said, denomination, but faith is a lifestyle. You know, uh, Romans chapter 1 says, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, the just shall live by faith. So this is how we live our lives. This is, how, this is how God lives his life. This is how God operates. This is how God continues to exist. This is, this is, how the, this is what the kingdom of God is built and structured upon. And, and if you move in, in away from this principle of faith, then what, what, what happens is, is, is God would cease to be God because that's how his kingdom is, operates. It says, it says he, he holds everything together, Right? He framed everything by faith and through the words, right? And through the word. He framed the worlds by his faith and by his words. Amen? And so faith is such so important to the lifestyle of a believer. And, and I don't have time to necessarily review everything we've dealt with for the first three weeks in this. But if you have, if you have your Bibles, turn to First uh, Timothy chapter 6. And as you're turning there... I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. One is in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, and the message says, Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person that wins out over the world is the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. The person that wins out over the world is the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where he talked about what is faith, what, it, what is faith all about? What is, you know, the fighting the good fight of faith all about is number one, it's realizing that we are going to, to possess what's been promised and we're going to protect what's been given. That's why we live by faith. We, we're going to possess what's been promised and we're going to protect what's been given. Realize your faith is a conquering force and realize that your faith is a force that will propel you to success. Um, in Jude, uh, verse 3 in the message, it says, Dear friends, I've dropped everything to write to you about this life of salvation that we have in common. I have to write insisting and begging that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith. I love that. That you fight with everything that you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and to cherish. Man. Peter talks about faith and he calls it precious. Man, precious. Faith is precious. It's something that's valuable. And as believers, we're called to live this good fight of faith. Let's look at this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I will touch on a few things that we've discussed so far, but in verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. And lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. Let me read that again. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Meaning, meaning possess this eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. How did you receive eternal life? According to Romans... It's you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. You laid hold of eternal life. This, this isn't just laying hold of heaven. Eternal life is not, is not laying hold. Laying hold of eternal life is not laying hold of heaven. It's not laying hold of where do I go after I die. That could be, that's part of it. But laying hold of eternal life is so much broader and so much bigger than that. When we talk about eternal life, it's, it's, it's the word life we know as zoe, meaning it's the God kind of life. 
It's the life that God knows. It's the life that God has. It's the life that God understands. It's the life that God enjoys. It's, it's him. It's who he is. So eternal is perpetual. So here is this lay hold of that God kind of life that's perpetual. You know what? You can experience Zoe life right now. It's not something that that's way off in the future sometime. It's Zoe life can be experienced right now that you and I have the ability to tap into the life of God right now. You see that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that I believe was the life of God, the, the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God, the breath of God. You know, that same life, that, that's something that you and I can experience right now. It's something that, that, that your, your children need to experience. It's something your neighbor needs to experience. It's something that, 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 that the, the earth needs to experience. They need to experience who he really is. It's, it, it, it's laying hold of everything that he is. So, so fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of everything that God is. Lay hold of everything that he is. Because it says, where into you're called. This, this, is what you're, this is the type of life you're called to. Then it says this, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Professed a good confession. Faith rests in two places, in our heart and in our mouth. Your, your words, a way that we fight the good fight of faith is going to come down to what are you speaking? What are you saying? What are you declaring? What's coming out of your mouth? And, and a lot of times people don't want to hear that. But what you have to understand is, is out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you're believing something. So therefore you're speaking something. And as we talk, as I talk about this, just for, just for a moment, you know, James chapter three, Jesus gives us some, or James gives us some insight into this. And he, and he talks about by the unction of the Holy Spirit, he talks about how the tongue is like the rudder of a ship. And it, and it talks about how, how the, the ship is such a, a, a great big thing, but yet this little rudder has the ability to direct its course and to direct its path. What are, what are you speaking? What are you saying? What, what's coming out of your mouth? You see, when, when challenges come, you're, you know, you're either going to speak what your emotions are saying or you're going to speak what the word's saying. So we, you have to, because you're going to come, whatever you're, if you're filled with your emotions or you're filled with everything that's natural, then that's what you're going to speak. So you're either going to speak what your emotions say, or you're going to speak what the word says. Amen. And, and as we talk about these things, we talk about freedom and we talk about finances or we talk about life in general is, is, is are you speaking what your emotions are saying? Are you speaking what, 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 what every thought that comes into your head? Are you speaking what everyone else is saying? So we have to understand if we're going to fight this good fight of faith and lay hold of this eternal life, we have to understand that that it's going to happen out of the fruit of our lips, the fruit of our words. Fighting the good fight of faith, faith is found in what's coming out of your mouth. Hallelujah. You know, when I, um, I went through a difficult thing about 11 years ago or so. And when I experienced this situation and went through this difficult thing, you know, my, 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 I wanted to say what I was feeling. I, I wanted to, and I did. <laughs> Maybe so no one else could, you know, you know, a lot of times in, in church and, and around people, you know, we can, we, we can, we can, we can fake it till we make it, so to speak, or, or, you know, we're suited and booted and looking good. And, and, and we can say what everyone, we can say amen at the right time, hallelujah at the right time and say amen, raise our hands just at the right time. And, and, you know, that, that, that song that I like when they play, you know, you know, I can feel it all over me, feel it in my hands and we get excited. But when you get home, what's coming out of your mouth? What, what do you think? Because, because my emotions were, were, were all messed up. My emotions were getting the best of me within my situation, within my life. And so, and so in private, I was speaking what my emotions were saying. And so, so as I was walking through this journey and through this challenge in life, the Lord told this statement to me, and this was an, out, of, out of a, about a 10 day, uh, 10 day process. The Lord was, was doing because I knew the word I, 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 I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I, I, I know the word. I know faith. I know prosperity. I know the words of my mouth. 
But yet, but yet, if you're not careful, how the enemy comes in is he gets in. It get, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But, but he told me this statement. He said, if you keep your heart right, you'll be restored in less than a year. So think about it. If it now, let me, let me say that to you. No matter where you are in your life right now, no matter what you're facing or what you might face tomorrow, let me declare that to you by the Holy Ghost. If you keep your heart right, you'll be restored in less than a year. And if that's for you, take it. Receive it. Because see, when you keep your heart right, then you're going to keep your mouth right. And when you keep your mouth right and your heart right, you're giving God something to work with. You got, you got to give him something to work with. And see, the, 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 we're, we're in a spiritual battle. Paul, Paul, it wasn't just like, you know, every day, just, Hey, I'm a preacher and things are good. No, man, this man was shipwrecked three times. He was, he was beat, beat till he, he died almost several, several times. He, he, he knew what hunger was about. He knew all these things about. So, but yet he still maintained a good confession that we're, you're in a, we're in a spiritual battle. Go to, um, first Corinthians nine, first Corinthians nine. Father, help me to minister this word tonight. Bring us up to your understanding. And there's no way I can finish this tonight. Uh, Trey is going to pick up next week on this. Hallelujah. And this is the Apostle Paul talking. And uh, for the sake of time, let's look at verse 26. 1 Corinthians nine twenty-six. He says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly... So fight I, not as one that beats the air. Amplified says, therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I don't run uncertainly, meaning I'm running with a definite aim. He's not just running. He, he's not just waking up in the morning and just going and just wandering through life. Well, whatever will be, will be. Well, if God wants to do it, God's going to do it. If, if it's going to be this, then it's going to be that. You know, it, no, he's, I'm running with certainty. And then he, then he says this, he goes, I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. He, he's not, he's pretty much, he's, he's, I'm not shadow boxing here. I'm not shadow boxing, meaning, meaning I'm not, I'm not playing around. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm in this to win it. I'm, I'm in this to run, to win my race. I'm in this to, to do everything. I'm going to complete everything God called me to do. I'm in it. And you know, he goes, when I, when I hit, I hit. He's like, I'm not just boxing the air. No, when I hit, I connect. You see, you have to understand, but see, he realized, and this is what I want, he realized he was in a fight. He realized that if he was going to possess what's been promised, he realized he had to do it on purpose. And sometimes we're going through life and we think we're in faith, but the thing we're just sitting back, just hoping something happens. We're just hoping something changes. How important is your victory to you? How important is freedom to you? See, if you've been doing things your whole entire life and maybe your parents did them before you and, and that generation before them did it, you know what? It's going to be a fight to break that. It's going to, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fight to break that meaning you're going to have to go against the grain. You know, Dr. Savell has a message and if you never heard it, I encourage you to, it's a series called the law of progression. And I don't know if you ever heard of the story about, about canoeing upstream, you know, you know, see, it's not easy to go upstream, you know, cause the moment you stop canoeing, you know, the, 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 the waters are going to take you back. So, so we're, if you're going to do this life and do it in faith, I'm telling you, you, you got, you got to do it on purpose. You got to do it on purpose. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, second Corinthians 10. Spiritual warfare is real. It's real. But, but a lot of times you can, there's a time, there's a, there, there's, there's a time for binding and loosing. There, there's a time for taking authority, you know, and, but, but it, you got to realize it's not, it, it's not, it's spiritual. Yeah. 
It's not natural. So, I mean, you don't, you don't get your fig tigs on, your combat boots on, go to the highest mountain and scream at the devil. That's, that's not spiritual warfare. What, what, what is spiritual, what is true spiritual warfare? Now, I don't have time to discuss every aspect of spiritual warfare, but I want to, I want to deposit in you the thoughts of what's the root of spiritual warfare. True spiritual warfare. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we don't walk after the flesh. We don't war. I mean, we don't. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. Meaning you're in this body, but you don't war as if you're in this body. You don't war after the flesh, meaning my battle isn't with Joseph. My battle isn't with another church down the street. My battle isn't with, with Republicans or Democrats. My battle isn't with, with, with Muslims. My battle isn't with fleshly things. But he tells us the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, meaning they're not, they're not natural. They're not mental. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. See, there's thoughts that you need to come to a place where you refuse to think. Now, I'm dealing with fighting the good fight of faith, okay? And so I haven't left faith behind. But I want you to see that this is all about fighting the good fight of faith because, because it's a fight. You're in a battle. We're in a battle and there's spiritual warfare. So how are you going to win this battle? First of all, when you understand right spiritual warfare. See, the, let me sit and make that statement again. You're going to have to come to a place where you refuse to think things that you've been thinking. See, there are thoughts that are an attack on your life and your future. They're, they're not just thoughts that are just, just, just coming through your head. They're not just, 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 you know, there can be world's ideas that you may listen to on the radio, talk radio, listen to, listen to actresses or actors, and they can say thoughts. And what can happen is eventually because they're thoughts and they're seeds, they can sow into your life. And next thing you know, you think that's truth. But what happens is, is those words, now get this, become thoughts, which become beliefs. And, and, and right now, the media and everything that the media portrays are words that pr- try to produce thoughts that produce beliefs. And then beliefs produce, produce decisions, direction. And so you have to be very cautious of where you're receiving your wisdom from and where you're receiving your information from, because that's why you you understand we're not warring after the flesh. But true spiritual warfare is casting down imaginations. That's true. Well, I thought, I thought, Pastor Justin, that, that, you know, casting you spiritual warfare is, is taking authority over the kingdom of the air. Well, what does the kingdom of the air do? He's the God of this world. What does he do? He only has authority through mankind. So how is he going to manipulate mankind? Through three things. Words, thoughts, and beliefs. You see, if we look at at, uh, September 9-11 and we look at the the planes going into the the, the towers and you look at that, what you're seeing happen is is somewhere along the line. The line, someone received the wrong words that produced uh, wrong thoughts that produced a wrong belief, then provided an action. So when we talk about spiritual warfare and, 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 it, and it's about casting down thoughts and imaginations, this, this is the basis. Now, there's more to spiritual warfare than what I'm dealing with right now, but I want you to see this is dealing with you and I. This is dealing with you and I. You, you have, we have to come to a place where we learn how to cast down imaginations. Because, see, that's where the battle is. The battle, for, battle is who's going to sit on the throne of your heart. And whatever's sitting on the throne of your heart is going to be dependent on the words that you're receiving. The thoughts that you're entertaining. And the beliefs that you're pursuing. 
casting down every thought and imagination. See, there's thoughts that can keep people in bed. There's thoughts that can keep people going back to what they came out of. But that's where you have to get up and fight. I'm telling you, you have to get up and fight. If, if, if you are entertaining the thought to just stay in bed, you need to get up and fight. If there's some friends that you have that are entertaining the thoughts to just stay in bed, then you know what? You need to tell them you need to get up and fight. If there's, there's someone that, 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 that you're, you're alongside of and they keep going back to the same things, what happens? They need to get up and fight. And it's not a natural fight. It's a thought of, it, it's, a, it's a fight of, of what thoughts are you receiving? What thoughts are you entertaining? Because what's causing you to go back and what's causing you to stay in bed are your thoughts. The thoughts, casting down those thoughts, you know, and it's not casting down thoughts with your own thoughts. You know, the Bible, the Bible talks about the Bible talks about, you know, uh, being transformed by the renewing of your mind and you, you can't, you, you don't bat, you don't battle the enemy mentally. Because he'll probably win. He'll, he'll probably win. I say he will win. You know, match for the enemy mentally in the flesh. That's why we don't war after the flesh. Hallelujah. Some of you are not too sure about that, are you? That's good. Teach, Pastor. Teach. Teach. <laughs> And I'll show you a scripture where you fail if you think that way. <laughs> Thank you, Father. You see. Thank you, Father. You know, casting down every thought and imagination. I, I tried to do that. I, I, had, I had some personal issues in my life. And I would try to overcome these thoughts with different thoughts. Or I try to, you know, just cast down thoughts. Okay, well, I cast that thought down in Jesus' name. I'd even use Jesus' name. You know, I, I said Jesus' name, so that makes, it, that makes it even better. I cast that thought down. I cast that thought down. I cast that down. I don't want to think that thought. I cast that thought down. And the Lord said, um, oh, what are you doing? I'm casting thoughts down. I read that scripture. He goes, he goes you're not doing that scripture. He goes, so many people are trying to cast down thoughts, but they don't know me. See, it says casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, so I had to get this. I had to get to this place in my life where, where, yeah, I cast that thought down. My knowledge of God is this, that the mind of the righteous is blessed. My knowledge of God is this, that if I think on things that are pure, I think on things that are just, I think on things that are lovely. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. My knowledge of God is this, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, this is how you do the work. And this is how you fight the good fight of faith. It's not like, well, I just hope the enemy just leaves me alone. No, take authority over that. You have authority, but you have to know the knowledge of God. You have to know the word of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's true. Go to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. He is good. Thank you, Father. And I, I'm not, I'm preaching to myself because, you know, throughout, throughout this Christian walk, you're going to, you know, you're going to get reports. You're going to see, you can see, you know, your bank account numbers and you can, you can see different things. So, so we're all human. But the thing is, is, is where do we, where do we maintain our fight in? Amen. Ephesians chapter six. Verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. 
Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the word wiles here means deceits or trickery. So you can stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, his mode of operation, the God of this world, if you look at 2 Corinthians 4, it says that he blinds the world of them that believe not. So they don't what? So they don't see the gospel. So they don't see truth. So they don't see the good news. He blinds or he deceives them out of his promises, his, his desires, what he has. And so here he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, this whole aspect of, of, of how the enemy operates, the God of this world operates is through this aspect of deception. And those deceptions come through what? Words that turn to thoughts, that become thoughts, that turn into beliefs. And so, so if he can get you to take a word which produces a thought that forms a belief to keep you where you've always been, then he's got you. But fighting the good fight of faith, fighting the good fight of faith, we're not, we're not standing in his arena. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, in future weeks, we're going to talk about the whole armor of God. But, but I want you to see this aspect of how the enemy operates. His whole way of operation is getting you to a place of deception. Getting you to a place where you just throw in the towel and say, oh, I, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this. I, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm a nothing. I'm a no one. I'm ugly. I'm pathetic. I'm all these things that the enemy will sow those seeds, sow those seeds to try to get into your heart. And you know what those, those are? It's just deceptions. Deceiving you out of who you really are. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, it's not, it's not a flesh fight. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now, this word wrestle is a, it is not our idea of, it's not like WWF. You know, it's, is that still a thing? I don't know. That's, that's not, I don't know. I don't know what the new, new thing is, but anyway, just Hulk Hogan, whatever. I don't know, you know, but anyway. It's not that type of wrestle. Now, when, when they saw, you know, if I say a baseball stadium or a football stadium, you, you're going to have an idea of what that looks like. If I say baseball or I say football or um, basketball, you're going to have an idea totally of what that is. And you're like, oh, I, I know what you're talking about. And then we say wrestle. Our Western mind goes to this idea of, you know, wrestling that we see. But see, when they saw this word wrestle, and it was a word pale, P-A-L-E. And they saw this word pale to them. It, it, it produced a picture and an image in their heart and in their mind. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against. We wrestle not. And this word pale, you know, they had these things called palestras. You know, for us, it would be like a, you know, Caesar's palace. It was a boxing where they did boxing or wherever it might be. And, and so here they had a palestra and it was a place where they would do three different things. One that was a form of boxing, wrestling, and they had a thing of pancreon. And, and, and what these three sports happen in these, these palestras, they weren't just fighting to see who won. It was fighting to see who would die. These weren't, these weren't fights to, for, for medals, although they probably won some, but the main thing was it was going to be to see who lived and see who died. So when they heard this word, we wrestle not, it wasn't just this, we're going to have just a little intense encounter. No, this was to the death. So when Paul's talking about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, meaning, meaning this, is a, this, is a, this is an intense encounter and it's life and death. You see, when you wake up in the morning, the enemy is trying to, is trying to destroy your life, destroy your children, destroy your family, and destroy the calling on your life. Amen. So you're not wrestling with him in the flesh, but we wrestle against. And the word against there is not like anti, like anti-Christ. Mostly in the New Testament, it does mean that anti 
But this word in the, in the Greek is the word pros, P-R-O-S. And it means a face-to-face encounter. So when it says this, we wrestle not face-to-face with flesh and blood, but we wrestle face-to-face with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. You see, the enemy is out for your life. He's out for your calling. He's out for your family, your children, everything that you have. The enemy wants to attack your enemy, attack your family, attack you, and he's going to do it through deception. He's going to do it through words, and he, he wants to bait you to see what you'll settle for. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. I'm going to shift gears. Now, next week, Trey's going to talk about light versus darkness. And then after that, I think we'll probably get into the weapons. I want to shift gears here. Because Ephesians says, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Now, Luke chapter 11. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 21. It says, when a strong man armed, when a strong man armed, say that, when a strong man armed. Now, this word strong man is the Greek word iskaris. And it means, it means one who has strength of soul to sustain attacks. It means they're strong in body and mind. You get they're strong in body and mind. So when a strong man... Arm. The word arm means equipped and ready for battle. Equipped and ready for battle. So when a strong man that's equipped and ready for battle keeps his palace or guards his palace, his goods will be in peace. Meaning everything he has is protected. When he's, when he's strong in body and mind and he's equipped and he's ready, all his goods will be in peace. But it's just being equipped, though, in body and mind. Now, let's look at the next verse. It says, but when a stronger, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and he divides his spoils. So here you got this strong man who is strong in body and mind and he's equipped and he's ready for battle. Man, he looks strong. He, he, man, he is, man, he is, I don't know. I mean, he is a Vander Holyfield. He is, I don't, I'm trying to think of something. I don't know. But anyway, you know what I mean? But he, he is the man. He is ready and he is equipped and he's somebody in the natural you don't want to mess with. But then it says when someone stronger than he. Now this word stronger here is a different word. And this word stronger in the Greek means one that conspires to bind and one that deceives in order to bind. So these two words stronger in two scriptures are totally different Greek words. So here it says when, when the stronger, when, uh, but when a stronger than he, when meaning one comes with the, to, to deceive, to bind him. It's kind of reminds you of like, kind of like Samson, right? So when stronger, when one, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, the word overcome means to carry off and be conquered. So when a stronger than he, so when one comes to bind or one deceives in order to bind, will carry off and conquer him, it says, then it says this, he takes from him all his armor. The word take it there means to lay hold of the mind in order to overtake with sleep, disease, or deception. So get this, this stronger than he, his whole point is to carry off and conquer you. How is he going to carry off and conquer you? Because he wants to lay hold of the mind in order to overtake you with sleep, disease, or disease or deception. Wow. You see, but it's just being strong in body and mind. But yet this other one that's stronger. His whole intent isn't about how, how strong he is on the outside, but it's about deceiving the strong man. It's about overcoming him. In, through deception 
And it's about taking everything he trusts in. You see, we're not in a natural fight. This is a spiritual fight. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him. Now, I wrote it out like this when I dissected the verse. It says, but when one that comes to deceive in order to bind shall lay hold of the mind and overtake him with deception and calamity, he will carry him off and conquer all his tools for war that he had confidence in and he shall lose everything. He trusted him. You see, we're not to trust in ourselves. Trust in our ability. See, this is fighting the good fight of faith. And realizing that the enemy is out for war and he doesn't fight fair. And he's always going to bring about aspects of deception. So how do we stay centered in the midst of this battle? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to close out with a couple of verses. Ephesians 6. Because this man in Luke, he trusted in his weapons. He trusted in his mind. He trusted in how strong he was. And he trusted in his weapons. Kind of like David. He didn't trust. He didn't prove Saul's armor. Why? Because, because he, didn't, he couldn't trust something natural because he knew it was a spiritual fight. And the same thing with you and I. You can't trust in the natural. You have to trust in him. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. See, it's being strong in the Lord. Where is victory going to be found? When you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You see, that strong man was trusting in his tools. He was trusting in his weapons. He was trusting in his mind. He was trusting in his ability. But Paul says here, when you begin this battle, realize, he goes, he goes, and finally, brethren, meaning at the very end of everything, realize this, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might is being strong in him. See, fighting the good fight of faith is not being strong in yourself strong in your ability, but it's being strong in him. And this comes down to trust fighting the good fight of faith. See, trust is what fortifies your faith. Let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter three, Proverbs chapter three. Give me like three or four scriptures. If I go quick, (laughs) I just heard that when I talked about that. Another scripture. <laughs> you, had to be, you had to be there for that. But usually on Wednesdays, we don't, haven't been doing worship. So, you know, I have more time to teach on Wednesdays, but we had worship tonight. So. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. What's your understanding come from? Your five senses and your past experiences. Where is your, what is your understanding? It comes from your five senses and it comes from your past experiences. So here he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Hallelujah. In all your ways, all your ways, all your ways, acknowledge him. You see, when you get that bad report... Acknowledge him in all your ways. When you feel lonely and you feel rejection, acknowledge him in all your ways. When the enemy comes in with a bad report or he's talking to you to bring that deception, acknowledge him in all your ways. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your path. You see, he can only direct your path, that you, the paths you acknowledge him, in, acknowledge him in. If you don't acknowledge him, he can't direct you. That's another message. Verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. You see, in Luke chapter 11, it was talking about that strong man who trusted in his own weapons. And here he says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. What is fear the Lord? Just meaning, I'm going to put God first place. I'm going to, I'm going to treat him as something honorable in this situation. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with your substance 
and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Show, show seal your barns, be filled with plenty, and thy precious shall burst out with new wine. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17. Trust him. Fighting the good fight of faith is about trusting him. It's about being strong in him, not strong in yourself. Jeremiah 17. I love throughout the, throughout the scriptures, some writers give us a picture of what trust looks like. I don't have time to go through all of them, but I do want to deal with a couple. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Now, as I read this, pay attention to the, the aspect of dealing with thoughts, Okay. Dealing with how the enemy operates and how the enemy works. In verse 5 says, in the Amplified, it says, Thus says the Lord, cursed with great evil is the strong man. Hmm. Who trusts and relies on frail man. So here, the strong man. We talked about the strong man in, in, in Luke chapter 11. It says, so cursed is the strong man who trusts and relies on frail man. Making weak Human flesh, his arm, whose mind and heart turn aside from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub or a person naked and destitute in the desert. And he shall not see any good come, but shall dwell in parched places in the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. So here he he says, cursed is the the strong man that trusts in fleshly things. Cursed is the man that tries to do it himself. And it goes on, it goes, that person won't, will be living in uninhabited lands, meaning lands that can't produce. You'll try to produce, but you can't produce because you're trusting in yourself. Verse 7, most blessed is the man who believes, trusts, and relies on the Lord, who hope and confidence the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted by waters that spread out its roots by the river. And it shall not see in fear when heat comes. I love this. I love, let me read it again. For, for he shall be, so the man that trusts will be like a tree planted by waters that spreads out its roots by the river and it shall, it shall not see and fear when heat comes. Right. Meaning it doesn't see it and it doesn't fear it when heat comes. Meaning it's so focused on God. It's so focused on him that he doesn't see the negative. See, this person that's trusting, it doesn't say he doesn't experience negative. It's saying he doesn't see it and he doesn't fear it. Why? Because he's focusing on the right thing. He's not focusing on what the enemy's saying. He's not focusing on the words, the thoughts, and the beliefs that everyone around him is trying to give him. But he's trusting. He's like that tree. And that tree doesn't see and fear when he comes. But its leaves shall be green. But its leaves shall be green. So even in the midst when heat is there, it's still producing fruit. It still, it still has life. It shall not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought. It doesn't say the person that trusts doesn't have a year of drought. It says, or is in a year of drought, it says that he's not anxious or full of care. He's not full of care in the year of drought. Everyone else might label it a year of drought, but it doesn't have to be a year of drought for you. Because your leaf is still green and you're still producing fruit. Everything else around you might be drying up, but, but your trust is in him. And you're like a tree. Nor shall it cease yielding fruit. Meaning even though it, everyone else is saying it's a year of drought. And that's what that year was defined by. It says that you never stop producing fruit. Wow. See, this is fighting the good fight of faith. It's saying, you know, I'm going to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. No matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to trust and I'm going to be like a tree. Let's go to Psalms 125. And one more scripture after this. I like hearing that. Oh, you know. Thank you, Father. We're fighting the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. 
Psalms 125. It says those, verse 1 amplified, says those who trust in, lean on, and confidently hope in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Man. So those who trust are like Mount Zion. Wow. You're like a mountain. It says, which cannot be moved, but abides and stands fast forever. Those that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Man, can't move it. Can't move it. Can't move it. You see, the enemy, enemy wants you all over the place. The enemy wants you double-minded. You know, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The actual translation is a two-souled man is unstable in all his ways. A man that has two different minds trying to go, go, go one direction, it's impossible. And that's what the enemy wants us. That's what the enemy wants you doing where you wake up with these thoughts and your mind's going this way. And then, then you hear these thoughts, your mind's going that way. And then you go to Google and your mind's going that way. And then you talk to your neighbor and, and your mind's going that way. And then, and you know, and so, so all these things are going on in your head. And, and the thing is, is, is you have to come back to this place where you trust, because when you trust, you'll be like a tree that's planted. When you trust, you'll be like a mountain. Yes. Hallelujah. Cannot be moved, but abides forever. Now, get this. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is around about his people. From this time forth and forever. Trust. Fighting the good fight of faith. And it's a life of trust. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And I think it's um, 2 Timothy. I think that's it. Go to 2 Timothy. And I'll close with this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Fighting the good fight of faith and laying hold of eternal life whereunto you were called, possessing a good profession among many witnesses. Amen. What's coming out of your mouth? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 9. Paul is speaking to Timothy right before Paul was going to be martyred. It says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Wow. Man. Who abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You know, you're going to live forever. <laughs> if you made Jesus the Lord of life, you're never going to die. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Some people are like, well, No. And he said, brought to life in immortality to light through the gospel. Verse 11, whereunto I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Verse 12 again, for, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not disappointed. Yeah, I've experienced, in the natural, I've experienced setbacks, but you know, I'm not ashamed. I'm called a preacher. I'm called an apostle. God's got a calling in my life. I've experienced difficult things, but I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Hallelujah. Not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. If you look at in my Bible, there's a letter next to that word believed, and it's the word trusted. For I know whom I have trusted. You know, I think a biggest disconnect for me learning and walking in this journey of faith was I was so worried about knowing what I believe instead of knowing who I believed. 
And sometimes we look as faith in an object to receive something instead of having faith in a person to rest for something, to rest in something. I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I trusted in. So, so don't, a lot of times you can pray and in the natural, you're, it's kind of like we look at abracadabra and you place a hand on it. Did it go away yet? Did it go away yet? Did it go away yet? And you're looking, oh, did it change yet? Did it change yet? Did it change yet? And you're sitting there and you're playing these mental games instead of, it's not about what I believe, it's whom I believe. It's who I believe. I know in whom I believed. And I know because of, I'm believing in him, whatever I've been standing for, whatever I'm believing for, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be ashamed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's some of you here tonight that you're standing for some things. And see, the enemy, in the natural, there's some things that, that, that the enemy would try to make you feel shame for because you haven't seen the manifestation yet. Or maybe shame in your own personal life. And, and shame, well, did I hear from God or not? You see, that's the enemy trying to get you off of your faith. And what does he come? He comes with words to bring about thoughts, to bring about beliefs. And he just wants you to get to the place where it just doesn't work. This faith stuff doesn't work. It's him. It's trusting in him. It's trusting in him. Fighting the good fight of faith. Be established and trust in him. And he says this, hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. And we thank you that our faith is stirred tonight. That a, that trust is stirred tonight. Father, that we are growing in trust. Hallelujah. That we are growing in trust. That, that we are founded on trust. That we're not trusting in our ability, but we're believing in him who does the impossible. We know in whom we have believed and we are fully persuaded. We are trusting in you. We are trusting in you. We are trusting in your ability. We're not trusting in our ability. We're not trusting in our weapons. We're not trusting in, in the, our strength of mind or our strength of soul or, or our, our physical abilities. We're trusting in you. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So therefore, we will be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Father, I thank you for victory that overcomes the world. I thank you for victory that overcomes any situation. Father, I declare those that are standing, I declare they have strength to stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Father, we can stand therefore, not because of believing in an object, but believing in a person. We know in whom we have believed. And therefore, we stand strong, we stand tall, and we refuse to be moved. And we thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Joseph, come on up. Receive that tonight. Amen. Joseph, come on. Receive the word.